You're listening to the Smash Your Unsealing podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Nixon, and I'm so excited you're here. This is a place for you to boost your confidence, become limitless, and grow like never before. Because there's one thing I know for sure, success begins with you. Let's get started. Hey, Barbara here. How are you doing? Welcome to today's episode of the Smasher and Ceiling podcast. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to share something really exciting because the doors of the Leader Circle Roundtable Mastermind are now open for enrollment. Now, this is for you if you're a managing director, director or senior leader, and you're ready to put your personal development front and center for the next 10 months. Because one thing that I know for certain, because I've been doing this for such a long time, that if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap of pushing ourselves to the very bottom of our own pecking order and looking after all the things first. So all your business and the people around you and all, and your family, you put them first. And we can justify that thinking that this is what needs to happen. Now, the problem with that is that over time, it can really start to take its toll. And for you to continue to be the best that you can be and get the results that you really, really want and live the life that you really, really want, it's time to put your own mask on first, as the saying goes. And this is exactly what we do in the leader circle. So maybe you feel as though you're out of your work-life balance is kind of not as balanced as what you want it to be. And you find that you're working all the time, you're working weekends and you're working in the evenings and you just want some time back to spend it with your family or just doing the stuff that you that you love. Maybe you feel as though you're constantly running on a treadmill and you don't have any time during the day to actually be proactive, to be strategic, to plan properly, to think properly and to focus on the things that you really, really want and that you're constantly being interrupted all through the day by your team and by the people around you and the only time that you get to focus is by working later and again, that that started to take its toll. Maybe you feel as though you want to focus on your confidence or you want to sidestep imposter syndrome and really grow and elevate as the leader that your growing business needs. Or maybe you're just you're just ready to learn how to be the best that you can be. And you know that what got you here isn't necessarily going to get you there. And you have to make some shifts. You, know, you need to start to make some changes. And you want to learn how to do that in a way that actually makes you happy because there's nothing wrong with that, right? You are allowed to be happy. You are allowed to actually live the life that you want to live. And this this journey, the, the Leader Circle Roundtable is all about doing that. It's all about focusing on your personal development. It's all about giving you the headspace every single month to press the reset button to reflect, to recharge and to learn about yourself, to learn great, great habits, to learn different tips and techniques and just start to see yourself from a different perspective. One thing that I always say is that quite often we get stuck in in a maze. You know, if you, if you imagine your day to be just walking through your maze, your day. And quite often we're stuck in the weeds. We can't see the wood for the trees. But what the leader circle does is it allows you to climb on the bridge in the center of the maze and just see your day and the way that you're working and your life from a different perspective to really start to focus on what's important to you and how you can actually overcome any obstacles that are getting in your way to get the success you really, really want in both work and home. And so often, so many people have said to me, in fact, I've lost count how many people have said this to me, 
when you start to work on yourself, everything else starts to benefit. Yeah, the ripple effect is real. It starts to impact all areas of your life. So your relationships at home start to to improve. Your team starts to elevate as you do because everybody recalibrates to how you're, you're working. Your business starts to improve as you've got different ideas and you're starting to look at it from a different angle. You maybe start to be creative, uh, start to add some creativity in there. And things start to flourish. So, and this is where it all starts. It all starts with you. So if you are craving some time away from the day-to-day where you can really focus on yourself and get the support and coaching that you need, get the development that you need and start to see things differently around and with a small group of like-minded people all on a similar, similar journey, then get in touch. We only have 10 places for this cohort we start in September and it's going to be a really exciting place to be. If you're interested and you just want to have a conversation to see whether it's right for you, then all the details are in the show notes. Get in touch. You can find me either on LinkedIn, that's probably the best place, or you can go to barbaranixon.co.uk and get in touch through the website and we'll have a, a conversation to see whether it's the right fit for you right now. Okay. On to today's episode. Now, today's is a good one because I share a conversation that I had with the amazing Noel Kershaw. Now, Noel is the managing director of Delifresh, and they're a company that supply um, fantastic food to restaurants up and down the country. And we've been working together for, we think, about five years. And in this episode, Noel shares the reason that he had actually started working with myself as his coach and what was going on at that time with both himself and his business and the journey of self-discovery that he had throughout those five years and just what that meant the impact and the benefit that it had both on him personally and and the business and the team around him so it's such a good conversation I can't wait for you to have a listen there's so many nuggets of information and of gold that you can actually take and put into your your business And if you like it, feel free to share, get in touch, let me know what your biggest takeaway was and let's dive in. Hey Noel, how are you doing? Well, thank you, Barbara. Really good. Right, your first podcast today. How are you feeling? feel like a new boy at school. A little little bit nervous about what might be coming, but um, (laughs) but yeah. All good, right. So we have known it. Go on. What were you going to say? I'm just saying, just uh, intrigued as normal about uh, what's going to come out of this chat because there's normally some good stuff, as we know, comes out of our chats. So let's see where this one takes us. Where it happens, right? I've got my cuppa. I'm ready. Mm. Um, so we've known each other for a while now. I'm trying to, I can't even think how long. Um, and we've been working I together. I think, Barbara, it's would it be five years minimum? Five years? Something like oh. that. About five years. So we've been working together for that long. What before we start then, do you want to just introduce yourself? What is your business? Tell me, tell us what you do and what oh. the business does. Yeah. So I'm the um majority shareholder and managing director of a company called Delhi Fresh. So we supply hotels and restaurants with food. So anything from fresh produce through to lots of different goodies and delicatessen, et cetera. Um, Delivered all the way through the UK really now. Um, was predominantly uh, north of England, but 
subsequently in the last few years we've broadened that so we're currently a, a reasonable sized business we employ about 350 people and we've been going around about 20 years amazing amazing and it, it's been a journey hasn't it yeah it's been a journey <laughs> we didn't hear about that so when we first yeah met, where were you I think we were at a place where I was probably feeling myself probably I want a crossroads stroke maybe a little bit lost in the sense of we'd got the business to a to a reasonable size you know even back then five years ago but I think there was just this realization that what had got us to to a place wasn't going to get us to a to the next place and actually I was probably struggling to just visualize what that next place actually looked like so I think there was some crisis of confidence about my own leadership style um how I was impacting on other people and probably just how how happy stroke unhappy I, I was at that point in time so you know when I first came across yourself Barbara or I was at a point where I knew I needed, I knew I needed something different. I knew I knew I needed to be something different um, to take to take me where I and I needed some clarity about where I wanted to go, mm. what I was capable of doing. So, so yeah, you know, um, it, it wasn't the best of. It wasn't the best of times in a way because, like I said, you're probably feeling a little bit lost. Yeah. So how was that manifesting itself? So day to day when you said that you were having that crisis of confidence or you were impacting people in a certain way, you were just looking for clarity for yourself. How was that actually showing up in just everyday life? Um, the word that springs to mind <laughs> is uh, inconsistent. Um, I think inconsistent in terms of believing in believing in things one day and then not the next in in, in getting to places whereby you suddenly just lacked the belief in yourself to be consistent with things. So I think that, you know, I think about how strategic I was then compared to now. And I wasn't really strategic, to be honest. There was lots of lurching from one thing to another. Um, there were lots of what I'd call false dawns where you would suddenly either through through necessity because things were you were faced with a certain problem lurch in one direction only to actually realize that that wasn't the right direction to go in but obviously as the leader you were obviously taking other people with you on the journeys you were going on so then you felt that responsibility and sometimes when you felt that you weren't getting that right all the time that responsibility felt you know fairly heavy a heavy burden at certain times so I think we were at a place where we'd gone through a lot of change quite quickly and yeah things were quite difficult and when you're the MD and that seat can be a little bit lonely at certain points in time I think it's quite easy to have this crisis of confidence that you're the right person for the job even mm. yeah even though it's your business it, you know mm. even though you'd grown it yeah um but you know having that confidence that you could still be relevant and still be the right person to 
to lead that business. And some people might find that counterintuitive to say that, but I think that, you know, for those people that have, have run businesses or are running businesses, I, I probably I probably think that it's, it's not as unusual um, a thought process to have than people think. No, it's not. So, and how did it manifest itself outside of work? Well, probably, I was probably as inconsistent outside of work as I were in, in work. So I think one thing mirrors the other. So whether that was developing habits and, you know, utilising, you know, discipline in order to become more consistent, I was probably just as inconsistent outside of work. Um, probably looking for short-term escapes to to have a temporary release from the pressure, which would normally not be their most healthiest, probably revolve around excess to do with, you know, socialising or drinking or wherever, you know, not to the point where it was a significant problem, but one that really actually, when you look back at it, created more problems rather than, you know, so short-term relief, but actually just just created that other sense of just not feeling great about yourself. Mm. So, yeah. I think outside of work mirrored mirrored work really there were days when you felt great and through necessity you would you know come to the fore and lead and, and bring people with you and then something might happen where you'd want to just disappear out of you again then for a while so with this it was this inconsistency of being the leader having that ability to take people with you but then suddenly the, them feeling that you maybe were out of your depth and you wanted to just hide away again a little bit. Well, so what do you mean when you say going out of view? What did you do? Well, that might be meetings that I'd scheduled, probably um, unrealistically, because I'd have this burst of, I need to get things done, I need to get back on track. Let's have lots of different meetings with lots of different people and really, you know, creating scenarios that were just not realistic. And then you get you get into those things, and then realise that, that you couldn't carry them on, you couldn't see them through. So then you go missing, and then cancel meetings. And then when you start to cancel meetings, it makes actually making that next meeting a little bit more difficult because you've not got confidence that you're going to make that next meeting. Um, so it became a little bit of a vicious circle, really. Yeah. Until you get to a point where, if you're not careful, you stop having meetings altogether. And then, then you're not communicating at all. Mm. So, yeah, patterns like that. And, and we're talking about your team. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, people in your team. Mm. So, what was your enough's enough moment? So, because that was just the norm. So, how did you recognise that actually one you wanted to change it? That it won't it won't how you wanted to operate anymore. I think there's been stages of that actually, Barbara. But I think in that initial in that initial um time of bringing yourself in to see us um i think it was not long i think we were only i think we we're only a couple of sessions um with you and i remember it quite clearly actually um i took some time out i took a couple of days out at home or something i never sort of did and you'd encourage me to just sort of sit and and write I think you told me to write a letter to myself um, in order to just really get to a place where I, to try and understand what I were doing and why I were doing it. 
which sounds again crazy because yeah you, you're always trying to develop a business and take a business forward but actually allowing myself to think about what me as a person what i wanted from that process was something that was a new concept for me it's still something that i'm much better at now but to allow myself to think like that about what was right for noel and understand that actually what were right for noel if i actually focused on that a little bit that there could be benefits for other people as well but i'd never seen it like that i'd never sort of put myself in a place where actually my happiness and what i wanted was something that i, I would dare put first I've, I've always been conscious that as the the leader of the gang if you like and the the person that's responsible that my job was there really to try and make sure and safeguard the business for the benefit of everybody else and my responsibilities was was about making sure that that first and foremost happened and in terms of my own happiness and what i wanted i actually didn't know so i think that was pretty quickly the first thing you said was you need to work out what what do you want what are you doing this for i just knew that i wasn't happy and and i didn't know why and i didn't know how to correct it and certainly this thing about being conscious of what i wanted and allowing myself to think like that was probably the biggest struggle um for me because mm. it was something i'd not allowed myself to think like for so long yeah it's a hard question though isn't it and i know straight off the bat it was difficult for you but it's difficult for all of us just to decide what is it that we actually want because we get used to just operating or just doing what everybody else wants or following our conditioning or just be in your case growing the business and going to that next step always just growing the business and then you get left by the wayside it's scary when it's it is a scary you know i think again i remember those two days and i found them very difficult because there was this realization of i don't i don't actually i don't know the answer to these I don't know the answer to the question and that bothered me that like you said I suppose autopilot whatever you want to call it um I think from setting down fresh up you know we set this thing up from scratch and we'd cut I'd come off the back of work working for my dad's business that was unsuccessful in the end of the day even though we'd worked very hard at trying to make something happen set deli fresh up and I think from word the word go, the mentality was one of um, just making this thing work, not allowing this thing to do anything other than be successful. And your own enjoyment in that, or your own sense of what do you want from that, very quickly became like buried in just this need for this entity to work. Mm. So fifteen years, fifteen years down the line. And then at that stage, I don't know, having 200 people working for you and doing all that growing up in front of lots of those people, you know, from literally being the, the guy loading the vans to doing everything. And then this slowly evolving until you suddenly stop and realise that, hold on a second, I'm now adding up 200 and odd people. And yet I'm still approaching it in the same way I did when there were six of us. Yeah. in many ways i was and relying on that ability to take people with you on the journey but then like i said 
not then necessarily being consistent all the time. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't I didn't know the answer to the questions as regards what I was doing it for. Um, and even that, and again, I, I was surprised, Barbara, in how long it took to actually establish clearly why I was doing what I was doing. Yeah, and again, it's just not surprising who, was, who you were doing it for, right? Who you were doing it for, because you just get swept along by just your mission and and your need to succeed, and it has to, it can't fail. It's got to, it's got to work. It's an, awful, an awful thing, you know. But you know, when you driver, and this is the thing that I think it, there's loads, loads, and loads of things that have changed changed in these five years but what I realized is one of the biggest negatives you can have as a business is if your main driver is just not failing it's it's not a very joyful you know it's not a very joyful sort of scenario because it's like what's what's what happens if you don't succeed in that well it just means failure so you, you you've got this constant fear of failure that's driving you forward and yeah. I don't think like that anymore because I don't need to do. But, you know, for whatever, well, we've learned the reasons why. But I had these triggers in my mind that were very much about just not failing. And a lot of that was to do with previous experience that, again, you don't necessarily understand. And it's, it's, it's affecting how you behave and how you think. Mm. I have to really unpick and go back to try and actually understand well, why I'm thinking like that. And you were asking the questions that made me try to understand why was my mindset that that way out. And I think in the next in the following five years, Barbara, we've been slowly finding out just what. <laughs> but yeah. it's not been it's not been um, it's been a fantastic journey. But it, it's not been it, it's been very different. I think five years ago when when I did you know, meet, meet and talk about things. I, I don't think I realised that how long it would take to get to where I'm now at. Um, and whether that means that, you know, whether that supports the authenticity of the process. I mean, we had a bit of hiatus at certain points. We had COVID, didn't we? We had a global pandemic right in the middle and, yeah. We did. Um, but, yeah, I didn't realise at the time that it was going to be a process um, that sort of like carried on as, as long as it has to get to a place where I don't think like I did. Because mm. you mentioned a key word just now, which I want to kind of um, double back to, because there's a, well, a couple of things. Um, one, you mentioned mindset. And whilst you were just talking and describing where you were, often... When you're in that place, it can feel so muddled, but you just, every day you're just getting up and you're doing your thing and you just go, you, you feel as though you just keep going, just keep going, stay on the treadmill, stay on the treadmill. And you don't often take time, or maybe, you know, you might never take time to go, right, well, who am I as a leader? Who am I now? Who does, what does the business need from me now? What does it actually look like? Um, and this is where mindset actually comes in because it's not something that we can actually, that we often take the time to do is just unpick our mindset and think, right, why am I thinking in a certain way? Why am I behaving in a certain way? And you really did that work. You you went there and, and looked at, at your mindset and looked at your actions and looked at uh, what was it that was causing the behaviours, or not so much causing the behaviours, but how can you actually change your behaviours? Because it was very much um, focused on 
doing something different. Yeah, I think what I found really was, and when, whenever we had, um, you know, a number of our sessions about where, where good things came out of them, I think until you understand why, why you're behaving in a certain way, it is very difficult. You become quite defensive about why you act in a certain way. You know, I think that at the beginning of the process, when you're sort of like being challenged as to well, why why do you behave like that? You know, why do you why do you like? I, I used to use this phrase of bailing out of situations. You know, I, I would I would look to bail out of a scenario or have a trap door that I could jump down if if you like. And it, the the questions that would be asked as to well, why 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 do you find that difficult? And I think that at times, I, I think my own style of managing and engaging with people meant that I think I just felt overwhelmed. I think I felt overwhelmed. And when you start to then feel that you're letting people down, and again, what you've got to remember is that when you set this thing up, your whole reason to exist is to succeed, not fail, not let people down. When you feel that you are doing, um, the easiest thing to do is just to go to ground. So these behaviours in terms of, you know, you said, how do you start to change them? I think it, the first thing was to actually accept that this is what, that this, this was a pattern and that there was a reason for it. I don't think I'd ever accepted that because, again, even though you know things are not right, actually accepting them and uh, facing up to them, I think, is your first point. Yeah. It's this thing of saying, well, I've got to face up to it because I can't make sense of it otherwise. And it can be quite difficult because you can feel quite guilty about your shortcomings. Well, no, very guilty about your shortcomings. And, you know, I think that when you put so much effort into running a business, if at the end of it, the only thing that you're feeling is guilty about not being good enough, it's not really a very rewarding place to be, is it? And uh, I, think, I think I definitely spent too much time, you know, not getting what I could from the business in terms of how I felt. So mm -hmm. behavioural change for me, I can only change things if I have understood it and therefore bought into it and therefore can then start to do something about it. But that process was quite difficult mm -hmm. to actually pinpoint where these things existed so I could start to change. Right, so let's fast forward to now. Mm. Yep, I prefer that. I'm much happier. I know this is pretty cool, right? I've got yeah. I want to talk about now. How are you different? Well, um, I think one of the things that I definitely struggle with, um, and I've, I've used the word just before, um, and it was a common word that I would use with you, Barbara, which was this this scenario of feeling guilty. Um, of not feeling good enough, of always feeling in a way you came up a bit short. So whether that were at work, feeling that you just weren't enough, and then invariably again, home mirrors work, and there's lots of scenarios there where again, maybe not being present enough, things that have gone on, things that affect how you see yourself. And I think one of the biggest things I had to do was to overcome these these shortcomings or feelings of shortcomings and this that had manifested itself then a feeling 
sort of guilty about a lot of things and carrying this around with me all the time. Getting to a place where I could let that go um, was the most difficult aspect of this whole process. However, it's without question the most rewarding scenario in, in getting to a place where I can actually say that I have managed to let go of those feelings of failure, that actually those feelings of guilt were misplaced in most cases, that actually if, if I'd have talked to other people about it, they would not have seen things as I was seeing them. They would not have said, yes, actually, no, you should feel guilty about that because you've let us all down. Nobody was thinking that. I was thinking that. And when I now look at my behaviours and look at how I viewed so many different things, I can't believe just how distorted that was because of this factor that I was carrying around so much negative energy, if you want to call it that. And until I could get rid of that and realise that it wasn't justified to be carrying this thing around, that's been the biggest change. I, I just see things completely differently now. Um, and in terms of leadership, um, again, I think I've just got a different belief in 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 my own abilities in terms of, of, of being a leader. But again, I think Barbara, that a lot of that links back to letting go of things that have gone on in the past mm. uh, that freed me up to just realise that I have, I have, I, I always found it difficult to to accept um, some of the attributes that I had as a person. Um, accepting that you might have some talents that are quite good and maybe some talents that are unique to you and maybe talents that mean that you're quite well suited being a leader of a business. And I think that I'm now just grasping the fact that I can give myself permission to accept that I have got some really good talents and I need to utilise them more and be more confident in them. But I think things around and uh, giving myself permission um, has been another big aspect of this change. Um, allowing myself to think differently about myself. Hmm. And as a result, your business is thriving. It's doing you're growing and you're doing really, really well. And you've, your leadership style, as you've just mentioned, has completely changed. You're able to lead from a different, a completely different vantage point. Five years on from there, Barbara, to now, you know, in that five years, the business has, has grown significantly. Um, we've now got 350 people work here. And genuinely, um, the place has never felt as good. And a lot of that's to do with me. A lot of that's to do with how I'm feeling about myself and understanding what my role here is, which sounds crazy, but it's been, it's been a leader um, all the time and really enjoying that and fully embracing what I've got to offer as a person. And I think that for far too long, I, I just... Again, because of certain aspects of self-doubt, you you really didn't, if you like, occupy the space fully. You just didn't 
I just didn't. And now I do. And now I can see the difference that I'm having on other people around me and encouraging people to, in their own ways, to to also, you know, lead and give people more headspace and allow people to just develop and and and, and see my role as a leader differently to what it's been in the past. Mm. You know, I think understanding when you do have the ability to change um, people, when you have the ability to really get people to follow where you want to go, uh, when you have the ability to, to change somebody's mindset, I think the key thing you've got to do, first of all, is understand that you really do have that attribute and not to shy away from it, but actually magnify it as much as you possibly can. Because for far too many years, Barbara, because they were influenced by other factors, I didn't do it. Mm, yeah. I didn't do it. I always had it, but I didn't always use it. Yeah. It's a, a light bulb moment, right? It's um and and I'm again what's going through in my head, Noel, is that that being stuck in the weeds because of practical stuff, you know, you still have to get the job done and you had mm -hmm. you had ha um out of date habits that were holding you back and you know, ways that you were communicating or you know, and it's not just you, it's across the board, right? We get all of us, we get stuck in a certain way of being. And then we'll kind of just unpick that and go, right, what should I be doing? Where should I be? And what, where should I be actually focusing? And what's my mindset actually telling me right now? How should I be playing? All of a sudden it gives you some freedom, doesn't it? It gives you the ability to step up and elevate as, as the leader. Yeah, well, you evolve, don't you? I mean, businesses evolve and you evolve. And I think that this was, this was it. There was, I think there was a little bit of a lag between the business evolving and growing and me growing as a person within that. So what I mean by that is, you know, there's a scenario where, as you said, being in the reeds, doing the dirty work, it's a very complex business that we're in. And in order to grow, you, you, you know, you, we've pushed the business and the people within the business into some, you know, very difficult scenarios in order to grow. Nothing's been easy. It's a very, like I said, it's a very complex, fast paced business. And so, it's interesting that you realise at some point that the things that used to give you the buzz, the things that used to make you feel content, don't do it for you anymore. And that feeling of, you know, growth and, and bringing people along and leading the charge and, you know, winning, that's great. But those same things don't give you that same sense of satisfaction. So even though you're repeating that process and growing, you've got this feeling that actually... Why am I not feeling happy? You know, we're growing, we, we, we're developing, we're opening new depots. But why, am I, why is it not giving me that same buzz that it used to do? And that's because you've changed and the business has changed and the requirement for you within that business has changed. But actually, you've not woke up to that or you're frightened about what that means in terms of that means that you're going to have to play differently and you're going to have to adopt new ways and adopting new ways is a scary place to be. So you end up where you're in a halfway house where, and this is where you, you this thing, this repetitive thing of bailing out, getting so far, then bailing out. I think it's because you, you're trying to stretch to become somebody that's relevant for that business at that time, but you don't necessarily know how to do it. And this is where somebody like you, Barbara, well, no, not somebody like you, Barbara, you, Barbara, 
really have been so instrumental in in bridging that gap, in in getting over that bridge, if you like, because that's where I found myself. You find yourself, you just don't fit. You don't feel as though you fit. Your business has grown, things have changed, and you've not grown with it. And so all of a sudden, it's like you you just feel uncomfortable in the clothes that you're wearing. Yeah. How, how do you go about change? And change is scary. It's scary. Yeah. Of course it's scary. Change is scary for everybody. When you're going away from something that you can count on, that you know you can you can deliver, but actually that that's not going to deliver either your own happiness or what the business needs you to be. And it's waking up to that and, and accepting that you need to change if you want to change. I think that's the other thing, Barbara. That's the key, you know, right. that two days at home, do I want to change? I can easily just not. I can just get out of Dodge and that's that. Yeah. But I think the challenge was, no, I do want to change. Um, and I just hoped, <laughs> I hoped that the process was going to be pretty quick. <laughs> and then you realise it's not. It's not quick. Um, it's not quick. There's a lot of uh, unraveling to do before you can go forward. Mm. You know, I mean, we've talked about things, things that affect you. I worked in a family business before Delhi Fresh. You know, worked for my dad. I had a certain relationship with my dad. You know, I wanted to make that thing of making people happy, making people proud, not thinking about me necessarily, but thinking about other people. That stems way back from then. You know, certain other relationship traits with my dad about, you know, we know there's certain phrases that we use, Barbara, about keeping one's feet on the floor. Um, you know, all these things. And then, like I said, that business ultimately failing. These all had such a big impact on the way you behave. But they just become the way you behave. And actually trying to unpick that, it's not, in, it's, it's not a straightforward process. And then, like you just said, deciding that you want to behave in a different way. Yep. Just, yeah, I mean... Giving yourself permission. It's to commitment. Yeah, yeah. Commitment. But you know, when you want, you know, when you fundamentally want to feel good about being the best version of yourself, because you know that if you're the best version of yourself, you actually feel great about yourself, mm -hmm. but you also know that everybody else benefits too. You know, so it's not this, it's not self-indulgent at all. Um, it's actually beneficial for everybody because if, if, if I feel better about myself, then everybody benefits around me, whether that's at home, whether that's at work. And, you know, it's this thing where it's acceptance of, well, th this is where I sit. I do sit and I'm the head of the business. And you know what? That's absolutely fine. And and I want to I want to do that to the best of my abilities. And I think I've got a much clearer understanding about what that is now. Yeah. But there, are, there were that period of time five years ago. And then, you know, even, you know, even Barbara, up until... You know, it's been a constant work in progress. You know, I think we've made a load of progress in the last year. I think things post-COVID definitely, definitely, I think, I won't say supercharged the need, but it certainly clarified, it certainly clarified um, my thoughts about what I did want and what I didn't want. And, and talk more to the directors here and understand more about what actually we all needed. And so COVID was awful, but in many ways, it again, further boosted this process of change for me, mm. really. And especially this thing about 
giving yourself permission to do things because actually you want actually accepting and saying things like these are the things I want to happen yeah and being okay with it right actually saying it and saying this is what I want this is what I want to happen and being okay with wanting what you want yep yep I've always been very collaborative you know very collaborative with the guys that I set the thing up with but then you know not always then pushing forward with things that I know not being single-minded in some areas you know being collaborative is really important obviously from a day-to-day perspective but also being single-minded in what you being honest about what you want mm. and then being quite forthright and giving yourself permission to say this is what I want and this yeah. is where I want to go knowing that actually that'll be the right thing so you know I think in the past again part of this bailing out scenario part of this you know giving up on certain things i think sometimes again that was because i wouldn't give myself permission to say this is what noel wants and because i always thought that that would be selfish and mm. you know, that's not that was sort of counterintuitive to be like that but actually i realized that i'm doing everybody a disservice by not being like that so that's one of the things that i've learned is um you know be more forthright about the things that you want and um as long as you if you trust yourself, then you should know that those things that you want will be the right things for the business and the right things for the people within the business. But sort of like getting to a halfway house is no good. You just end up in no man's land. Yeah. And that's, I think, I've spent too much time in no man's land. Mm. And really. you've changed a few things in terms of your working practices, though, haven't you? I mean, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, Noel, um, is how how do I actually get out of the weeds? How do I get that headspace that I need, which is where you were way, way back when, you know, mm-hmm. just feeling like you were just on that treadmill. What What's worked for you? Um, I think, I think number one is realising uh, fully that they starts with me and that that whole process, accepting that it starts with me, I set the tone. I am that beating drum, whatever you want to call it. And so me thinking differently and creating space for myself, that was the first step. And to do that, you want to give yourself permission to do that. And that was one of the things that we worked on for quite some time, of getting me to a place where I understood that it was right for me to have that time, to set the agenda, to have that space because then you just automatically then are encouraging other people to do the same Mm -hmm. and you start to look at areas where people haven't got time or haven't got space and start thinking about how do you fix that whereas in the past as you said when you're in it when you're so close to it that's not how you think it's very much you become much more strategic in your thinking when you give yourself more space and I think it started with me, but, you know, it, it started with me allowing myself that time. And even even five years ago, Barbara, you know, incredibly small steps, five years ago, giving myself two days at home to think about my, to think about me. Mm. I'd never done that. And it didn't feel very comfortable at the time doing that, felt guilty about doing that. But slowly over this period of time, 
you've got to a place now where it's essential and um i know that i set the tone at work so uh, the first thing to start with with was giving myself space really and allow myself and again you know this is only pretty recent you know getting to a point of making things work for me where it really works for me it makes me it allows me routines and things that means i'm the best version of myself so you know even up until recently you know i think i'm at the best place that i've been as a leader but you know it only you know, only the last few months getting to a place where having that real confidence to look at how i work and the things that i do and how i do them that suit me first and foremost and what i'm seeing is the benefit to everybody else at work i can see that i can see people happier i can see people working more collaboratively i can see people just following that example and trying to do the same thing in their own areas so you know it's all positive and um but it's it's taken some time to to get to that place of really feeling comfortable about being and you, you think it's a crazy thing to say you know 20 years in to running a business and i'm saying to you now i feel like a really good leader now mm. 20 years in. um and i feel like i'm the person that the business needs me to be now that's taking some time to get there yeah. and i don't know weird barbara or not i'm just telling you this is how it's been for me don't think it's weird i think it's just evolution isn't it you know i think it's just evolution mm. you know, remember that whilst you were growing your business was growing around you so you were both going on this you know journey together so you had it was like one of my favorite sayings and you'll have heard me say this to you before it's like it's dancing on the moving carpet right so you were constantly you have constantly have to adapt mm. and grow and, con and evolve because what you were growing around you was doing the same so it wasn't as if you could you could yeah. grow and then the business could grow it was all happening at once do, do you know what i've realized as well barbara interest oh. is and again you were always conscious of well i mean you <laughs> yeah let's just be clear listeners um <laughs> you know if, if you try to make excuses then you know barbara sort, sort of peels that away pretty quickly but I think we it's not excuses but the, the type of business that we have again for people that you know just to add a little bit more detail to it's an incredibly complex business we're in and it's we're six days a week we are sort of like you know day one for day two orders people order with us up until 10 p.m and we'll deliver it to god knows where the next morning very fragile product you know very much you know time constraints so we've got four facilities now you know we started off with one we've moved we've got to four it's a very involved business and i think there's a reason why there's businesses in our industry sort of operate at a certain level a lot, a lot of the time there'll be regional sort of size businesses because of the complexities that are involved in in running a business of a bigger scale in the job that we're in so I do think that that sort of that whole essence of the actual the business itself didn't help in many ways to do with um, the structural side and the more strategic thinking. You were drawn into this scenario of just making decisions about growth 
and then making it happen. And then every day, just being in it and making it happen. And in some ways, it makes you feel great when you're winning. But then when you look at the toll it's taking on people, on the fact that they will follow you and they will do it, and we have a brilliant bunch of people that will do that, you also then look and say, well, how am I developing these people? And what toll is it taking and what kind of imbalance is it creating for them in terms of how they're looking at work? And this is this factor where you drive then to say, I want to change because I want to feel better about being a leader for these guys. I want these guys to benefit from this whole process, not just grow at an enormous cost, but actually get to a point where you're growing in all areas of the business. And that growth had to come with me to start with. My own personal growth has definitely impacted on the place where we find ourselves now, where the culture in the business has never been better. The amount of work that we put into that culture and time to do with people and to do with communicating and to do with putting the things that really matter first in the business, they've all come from me deciding this is what I want in order to make me feel happy about owning this business. So it had to start there. Yeah. But the, I think what's really surprised me, and again, I'm always frightened of saying things that, that can be misconstrued, but I think realising the power that, I've, that you've got as a leader um, and not denying that is really important. I think I used to deny it all the time. I used to, this is when you used to switch it on and switch it off, Barbara, because you would be in denial in a way of the impact that you have as a leader of a business. And when you fully accept actually what that entails and how that, how, how making that work for you as positively as you can, once you accept that and really, really take that role on, it can transform your business. It's transformed my business because I've suddenly realized what it is about being a leader and not being frightened to say in those words. And you know, and you're smiling there because you know that me saying those words in the past has been something I just wouldn't be able to say. I wouldn't be able to say it. Um, but now I say it and now I occupy that space properly, but it's taken time. Mm, yeah. And it's great for me to hear, you know, you say things like, I occupy that space. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great place. Uh, for I, I would never say things like that. No. You know, being the leader, you know, these words and phrases that I never found easy to say. But then if you're not if you're not seeing it like that, then the danger is that you're not living it and doing it every day. Mm, and, yeah. and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. Um, but I am yeah. now. And it but it actually not operating in that way, and this isn't just for you, but for other people that might be listening, is that you're actually stalling your progress. You, it's it's you're stalling your the results that you're getting from your business and your team's progress and yourself as well. It's yeah, all but, stalling. Yeah, there's no fluke. Okay, yeah. so you, I look at the performance of the business. So if you want to look at you know from a you know, an accountant's perspective, you know from that side of things, in terms of the the bottom line and the, the performance of the business, it's never been stronger. So you look at that and go, oh, right, okay. There are different and better ways to do things. And sometimes that desperation and that, that, that I said, that, that thing that drives you about just, just not wanting 
to fail um, means that actually, if you're not careful, you don't you don't run the business as effectively as you could. Mm. And when actually now you turn it round and it's more about wanting to maximise the potential of the business, and the bigger fear is not doing that, you know, not not taking the business where it can go. That's a complete turnaround from running a business based on just not failing. And, you know, when we look at things now that we celebrate in the business, you know, I look at how we used to run the business. And again, this is a lot to do with me, a lot to do with your outlook, this thing of not failing. You'd come into work and the things that you'd look at, the markers that you would look at every day were what's not been, what have we done wrong? What what shortages have we got? What mispicks have there been? What, what deliveries have gone out late? They were the key KPIs you looked at every morning. Now we spend more time celebrating what we've done really well instead of thinking about things we've done poorly. We don't ignore those things, but it's, we don't put them at the centre of, of what we do. And now we look. They used to be that they, the, they were the driving factors. What have we done wrong? Mm. That's not, it's, not, it's not very rewarding, that, is it? Because it's not an answer. We, you, you end up focusing on the wrong things. You know, that's where you end up because yeah. that's where all your attention attention goes so a, a massive shift right so one last thing so i'm looking at the time and i know that you've probably i don't know i don't even know how long you've been. Know what you've been chatting away um if somebody were listening that is was where you were or maybe they might be a bit further on and they want to get to where you are now because they've seen the potential and they they want that too what would you what tips would you give them then if they what to just crack on and get started well i think genuinely the first thing that i do if it's somebody in the same situation that i were in is be honest about i think the first thing is to be honest about how you're feeling about running a business and how how it sits on your shoulders and what kind of how you, what it's doing for you in terms of how, how's it making you feel because if you if you're honest about it and you want to change i think the key thing that you got realized is you're going to need help you're going to need help to change because you can what i've found is you can only change if you understand what it is that you want to change and then having having that real drive to say well once i understand what it is that i need to change that i'm, I'm going to actually apply myself to doing it i couldn't have done this um without your involvement babs i couldn't have done it um because i don't think that i would have been in a place to have fully understood um why I was thinking so that I could change that thinking because that's practically that's been the biggest difference it's about how I see myself that's changed and how I then apply that to the job that I do every day but the first thing that I needed to change in that was how I saw myself and that realization of how other people wanted and needed me to be and how they needed me to operate and yeah for me Barbara um, my advice would be be patient um, because it's not it's I mean it's not two minute process I didn't find it a two minute process uh, again I think anybody who, if there's people been in business whether it's for two years or 20 years I'm sure that there'll be similarities in the things that I've said in terms of what's what's the motivator for you is the motivator just to survive is the motivator to thrive. Um, everybody will be different. In my situation, um, you know, unbeknown to me, Barbara, the, the reasons for it 
were not probably the most positive reasons for running a business. Um, and, and it's second time we're just that thinking because those things are formulated over years and years and you don't actually even understand why you react or why you work in a certain way. And it's taken me time because when I understood myself, then I could forgive myself in a way for the reasons that I did things a certain way and realised that there were absolutely no reason to feel guilty. It was just the reason I did things in a certain way was because of the of things that had happened during my career. Once I, once I got, got rid of that negative energy and really allowed myself to just concentrate on what I wanted to become rather than what I'd been, that's been the biggest changer for me. Mm. So, but everybody will find out in a different way. But I think the key thing is don't try and do it on your own. Try and get somebody that you can develop a, I mean, again, Barb, you know, for people listening, to develop a trust in somebody, um, I think that's been the biggest element for me is the relationship with yourself has meant that these sessions and the sessions that we've had have always been authentic. And I think that authentic uh, scenario comes from the fact that there's always been that element of trust and somebody that's independent of anybody else at work. Mm. Um, and that's just my resource. You know, Barbara, you were, you were that indulgence as well in the sense of suddenly I allowed myself time for me. Yeah. I'd never done that before. That's another thing that I had to give myself permission about was actually the first part of that was giving myself permission to have time with you. And then after that, you create a habit that says, well, actually, I can create, I can give myself permission to do more than just that. But the starting step was actually just things like the two days at home. But then the couple of hours we hear once a month that were just my time, realising actually I, I could do that and it was essential for me to do that. And it's made a huge difference, huge difference. But again, it'll be amazing how many leaders there are out there that never find that time for themselves. And they think they're actually doing the right thing by doing that. And all I'd say to people is you're not doing the right thing because I, I could write a book about that. I could write a book about, you know, just giving yourself for the cause and never leaving anything left over for you as the leader. You know, I thought that that was the right thing to do for so long. And then I realised that actually it's not. Or certainly it wasn't and hasn't been for the last five years of this business. But I had to realise that, Barbara. And uh, you helped me realise that. That, uh, that giving yourself to everybody else is not the answer. You have to create some time for yourself. Mm. And on that bombshell, I think that should mm -hmm. be the book. Noel, get started. <laughs> you know? yeah. Barbara, there'll be loads of people that, that, will, that will just simply not allow themselves time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we don't. I mean, yeah, if you... I'm thinking, you know, myself and everybody. We, it's perfectly natural, isn't it? To, we're brought up often to give ourselves over to other people to be good, to be a good person, to help each other and not mm -hmm. put ourselves first. But this is where leading yourself first actually comes into its own. Yeah. Right. Noel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and welcome <laughs> and being on our podcast. Um, where can people find you if they want to get in touch? They can get hold of me at, uh, just email me at work. Um, it's noel.kershaw.com at delifreshltd.co.uk and genuinely um if anybody's listened to something here and they've thought you know what i'd just like to check in or know a bit more or share something that, that's resonated with somebody 
do, feel free to email me um and uh i'll, I'll, I'll bore anybody senseless if, if that's what <laughs> you know the one thing i would say is i genuinely am a different person because of the changes that i've made and that makes you feel great because you realize that you can change you know been at this 20 years and i'm i feel the best version of myself now and i think that's a great place to be because as you said it's about evolving well if that if that process gets you to a place where ultimately you feel the best version of yourself well that's that's okay that means that that intervening 19 years have all been necessary mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what I'd hate to think is that I'd still be that same person that I was 55 years ago and hadn't got to this place, you know. Because in truth, Barbara, I don't think it would have been sustainable. Mm. I, I don't think I would have been able to do that for another five years in the same way. I just don't think I would have done. I think I'd have been out of, I think I'd have been probably out of the job or something like that. I just don't think it would have been sustainable. So... For me now to get to 20 years and be really happy, I just hope that, you know, in another 10 years, if I choose to do it, that I'm, I'm still that best version of myself. Yeah. So, But the only way I'm going to do that is to keep keep focused on the things that we've been doing. You know, I can never take a step backwards. But but again, we've talked about this, Barbara. When you get to a place, that, the last thing you want to do is take a step back. Exactly. Well, you know, when you feel really good and everything's working, you don't want to step backwards. No. It's just not an option correct but when you're haunted by previous experience of constantly taking steps backwards which yeah. is what I'm sort of where i've been you don't have that confidence in yourself that you can be consistent and the only way that you change that is by applying yourself differently and um and doing it and and when you get when you turn that corner the last place that you're going to go is a step backwards you just it's just like you're not going there because it's just somewhere you don't want to go. So, yeah. So there's a renewed confidence in your ability to keep taking forward steps, not backward ones, which, you know, which is a nice place to be. But yeah. it's second time to get here, and I'm quite <laughs> proud of myself for getting here. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Yeah. No, thank you so much for hanging out on the podcast. I know it's your first, probably first of many. Thank you so much for listening to the Smash Run Ceiling podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it'd be great if you could hit the subscribe button and leave a review as it helps me to reach a lot more people. And if you know someone who will benefit from having a listen, please feel free to share. Have an amazing day and I'll see you next time.